Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Welcome to Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour. I am your host, Elisa Benson. You guys, I wrote this entire intro for this show about how women have babies on the brain for their entire lives and then just men just show up and are like, oh, I'm a dad. But, you know, I scrapped the entire thing because it felt it was starting to feel really like negative. And really, I just want this to be a sweet episode, a mushy, sweet, adorable episode about dads. So I have three dads in the room with me at the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. Um, First, I want to introduce my coworker, Michael Sebastian. Hi, Michael. Hey, Elisa. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fabulous. You're fabulous. I have have to say really fast, I don't even think you know this, but you sort of inspired this entire podcast because I was talking to you about the one we did last week about men and body image, and you were Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can talk about having a dad bod. (laughs) having one or trying to avoid one okay i should clarify you do not you you definitely do not have a dad bod not to make it weird but yeah avoiding (laughs) one um but we didn't talk about that last week but it actually made me not even necessarily want to talk about dad bods but just about being a dad in general you're a relatively new dad right uh, yes, my daughter's 10 months old. 10 months old. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to talk more about her later. Also in the room, Carl Matson, the very hilarious Carl Matson. And Carl, you are a father of two, right? Yes, so you have a, well, we have a foster daughter. Uh, we're foster parents, and I have a son who's three and a half. Three and a half. Okay, and how old is your foster daughter? She just turned three. Okay, that's a handful. Two little, like, toddlers running around. It's It's been challenging. It's, it's been uh, challenging. I mean, and we all know that you know, when you're a dad, you're kind of just learning as you go really but um yeah it's been uh it's been a lot of fun a lot of fun but uh that's yeah, an optimistic way to to start off a lot of fun it okay is. and then also um jimmy bassett who is a father of one yes how one old right is now. your she's about one in four months one in four months mm-hmm. okay so you guys are all really relatively like in the grand scheme of things new dads yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There was some like, yeah. <laughs> um, how much for any of you guys, how much of becoming a dad felt totally planned versus like, oh, my God, I guess this is happening. You know, I, I remember when uh, my wife was giving birth and I was there standing next to her and she was like minutes away from actually pushing Stella, our daughter, out. And I kept thinking, like, I've got two more minutes until I become a dad. Like, what can I do with these two minutes? What What in this hotel, or in this hotel room, in this this hospital room, can I do? Nothing, no. Like, you know, like, support her. But at least in my mind, I was, like, clinging to these, like, last last moments of just, like, not being a dad. So was it planned? 
or, or what was sorry what was the yeah question? just sort of like you know I do think and this is kind of what I said I was going to talk about nah, 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 but like I think for women it's like basically not to like talk about periods in a room full of men but basically from the moment you're a woman and you get your period it's like you could become pregnant at any time so for women that's on our brains like basically our entire lives you know avoiding it when you're a teenager maybe starting to think about it when you're in your 20s and then like if you're me in your 30s it's like ah like how much time do I have left basically (laughs) but for men you guys don't have to worry about any of that you just kind of like get to show up no yes no I don't know it's it's interesting you say that with the idea of I think as we come up and we're going through high school and into college it's like oh it's so easy to get pregnant just like that yeah if you make a wrong step you're gonna get pregnant and at least for us, uh, me and my wife, we spent probably close to two to three years before, you know, from wanting to have a kid to actually having a kid. Okay. And I think that's something that doesn't always get talked about is that for a lot of people it works really well. For other people, it's kind of this long, drawn out process. So for us, very much it was, you know, we wanted to have and definitely wasn't a surprise getting pregnant. It was more something you have to work work through. And, you know, being a husband and soon to be father you know I, that's a hard place because it's it's very emotional i think for for women as they're going through and they have this whole idea like you said of kind of like what this is going to be and you're kind of just there like whatever you need me to do mm-hmm. i you know and you you try to be as supportive as possible but it's 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 interesting and you kind of have that dichotomy of you know sometimes it just sort of happens and then other for other people it's you know it's like work it takes work exactly mm-hmm. and carl can you tell us about your experience because of course no one was pregnant, so you had what? a different experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, finding a, a, a partner or a, a man to, that would that wanted a family like I did um, was a challenge. Um, and did you always know that you wanted to have a family? I always knew I wanted to have a family, but how it was going to happen, I had no freaking idea. Right. Um, so, you know, so I went through life just kind of finding people dating people you know some of them didn't want family some of them did but you know nobody was doing anything about it but um my thank you husband um now was a foster parent and he had fostered children and i was like oh wow that's the first one i found that and he was nice he was great he's kind and um so you know we started dating and i became a foster parent also we had one or two foster children together and then how we became um, parents where we got a call saying, hey, you want to be on the chance to adopt a baby? He was born today. And we said, yeah, sure. Let's see how far we can go. And then the next day they said, okay, well, we picked you. You're his family. Go get him at the hospital. We're like, what? Wait, so literally <laughs> in a span of like 20, like, is that real? It happened in- like that quick, like, holy crap. So you this really did just show up. It was wow. like, today you're like, a dad. Yeah, hey, there you go. Congratulations. I'm like, should I, is this happening? Should I call my mom? <laughs> like, you know? So yeah, it was it was really, really quick for us. And um, Jimmy, I know you had a kind of, I don't know, is dramatic the right word to I, say? I think dramatic qualifies. Okay, yeah. so um, tell us about your experience of becoming a dad that is maybe different for... Sure. So, and more traumatic or more dramatic, I guess. Yeah, I think either of those words can definitely apply. Um, when when me and my wife got pregnant, um, again, had been taking a while to get there. We got there, very excited, going through the whole process. Um, and we had just cleared uh, about like into the second trimester Um, for having a kid and then all of a sudden like one night she wasn't really feeling well and I remember we were were walking through Costco and she just kept like 
kind of like wincing, like she was in pain. I'm like, that that's weird. You know, let's And you're like, you love Costco. Yeah, you lo- that's one of your favorite things <laughs> yeah. to do. Which is not a lie. Um, <laughs> and so we, we got home. It was late. It was about 7 o'clock. I'm like, why don't we just, like, call the doctor? Which we, we had an appointment the next day to go into, like, the 20-week. Let's check up everything. Um, and so he said, uh, it, it sounds like it's nothing. Why don't you just go to the hospital? Uh, so he went in. It was about, like, 8, 9 o'clock at night, sitting there, going through, and, you know, run some tests, come back. And it's like, oh, you're having this baby. Like, what? I don't think that's possible. Like, I don't think you understand. We're nowhere near close. This is January. She's due in May. Right. And I'm like, I, I think you're mistaken. They're like, no, you're you're having this baby sometime in the next like twenty four hours. Oh my god. So I'm getting chills. Yeah, no, it was it's it's a weird situation. So we got rushed um to one of the uh better hospitals in the area, which luckily wasn't too far away. And it's one of those situations. For me, and I think it was similar for my wife, is you're just you're caught so off guard. I mean, you're upset, you're scared, but you just you have no idea what's going on. Right. And you look to doctors and stuff, and they can't tell you what's going on, what's not going on. So that like out of the blue, pulled into this whole thing, going through. Um, at eight thirty the next morning, my daughter was born, one pound fourteen ounces. No idea what was going on, what was going to happen. I had no idea that a uh, neonatal ICU even existed, and I became intimately familiar with a NICU um, from that point for the next four months um, where my daughter was there. And it was, it's one of those, while you're going through it, it's, you know, you're almost just kind of not really taking it all in. It's literally hour to hour, minute to minute, just dealing with what you have to deal with. Um, and while it was definitely an incredibly stressful part of our life, you know, thank God I have a very healthy, uh, you know, one year, four month old who's doing great that, you know, you meet her, you'd never know anything like that ever happened. And hopefully it'll, you know, continue to go in that direction. But it's, uh, it's one of those things that just, you know, you not just appreciate you know what you have in life but just kind of like what we have available to us i mean i had no idea this even existed and i had a team of doctors and nurses working 24 hours a day taking care of my baby and just like doing everything they can and you know you build you know these relationships with them that last for your you know i think will last for my entire lives they're just you know stupendous and it's it's and it's weird because you tell a lot of people a story like that it's like oh my god that's amazing that's you must like cherish every single day with your daughter and and, and i do obviously but I, I will also tell you like after a year and four months it's still like you know when it's 10 o'clock at night and they won't go to bed it's like oh my god just go to bed. <laughs> I mean, th- there's there's that period that you just you i feel like you revert back to normal dad status right but, of course but yeah that was that was definitely an uh, a jump kickstart into fatherhood that i wasn't expecting wow and so she's a miracle baby Yes, she is a genuine miracle baby, yeah. which, uh, you know, is it one of the other pluses to come out of a very scary situation is you really find out um, just how many people you have around for you that love and care for you yeah. and support mm-hmm. you that you don't think of on a normal daily basis. I mean, yeah. people just come out of the woodwork and, you know, me and my wife would not have gotten through this at all without, you know, our friends and our family that were just there with us the entire time. How small was she? I can't even imagine. You said one pound. It's one pound, 14 ounces. I, I can show you guys a picture, which I know obviously doesn't work well for podcasting. Um, but my engagement ring, 
or my my wedding ring. Uh, this one nurse that we um, we met there um, that was kind of with us through the whole thing, Kathy. She took this on like the it was like the second or third day. And she's like, "Give me your ring real quick," and she took it and she put it around her like her hand through her wrist and like around her foot on her ankle oh, wow. and it just Gosh. sat there. And my my wife um, very con like she she comes up with these things very very well um a year later after um you know she was doing fine around her first birthday a year after the whole thing she she took it again and put it around her and you could see oh. just like how much she grew but it was it, it really is amazing it's it's one of those things that like you you know you don't even think about it but it's yeah. like you're like i'm seeing looking there looking down at my daughter and it's like she should still be inside there she right. doesn't belong out here yeah. and it's it's amazing just like how small and just you know fragile life yeah yeah, yeah absolutely what was it it like going home like with your wife and leaving your daughter in the hospital overnight for uh, how long Weeks? sure Months? that was it was we were we were there for four months so january 20th um was day she was born and i think we left on may Actually, it was right around now, like May 15th, mm-hmm. May, I think, around there. And so it's it's one of those things, like, it happened. We were there. My wife, you know, does a normal recovery thing. So we're there for, like, three, four days straight. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, well, you know, you guys have to go home now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember very distinctly, like, leave it. Like, we stayed at the hospital as late as we could into the night. And it's like, all right, well, I guess it's, it's time to go home. And they won't kick you out. But it, one of the things that they talk about, it's like, it's not good to stay there like the nurses are doing their thing they have Mm -hmm. to do their thing it's a stressful situation being there there's lights going off and and you know buzzers and all this stuff so that first night we went home it was definitely like we're just driving out of the hospital and you just you feel almost like a physical pull of like no you're you're leaving something critically behind Um, and then of course I think like by the time we got home we just collapsed exhausted and and slept straight and then then it was just kind of a routine of you know waking up Getting back to the hospital, standing, th- staying there most of the day, you know, about until like you know six, seven o'clock, then head home, rinse, wash, repeat right. for four months. I think it's. I'm glad for the sake of the podcast that you remember this all so clearly, but I'm almost amazed because I think it would almost be like four months of almost being like blacked out and like I don't really remember. <laughs> to to a certain part of it, and again, I um. There was something that I was really nice. I was really happy that came out of it. Um, it was a, a recommendation from one of the nurses, and then my wife's kind of uh, initiative to take it on. But they said to you know keep a journal for what's going on. Um, and what my wife ended up doing was actually creating a, a blog for the whole thing, which not unintentionally served a great purpose of because when when this is happening, you have a lot of friends and family like, how are you doing? What's right. going on? They want an update, and it's exhausting going through that for the twentieth time just rehashing everything you're going through so she did she did a blog and updated you know every few days uh of stuff that was going on key things you know happy things scary things sad things everything in between um and it was it was a great way of like you know our family and friends could check in and see how it was going on without bothering us and then you know after this whole period happened you know we kind of have that as a a little time capsule to look back and and refresh our memory and it's weird because i remember going through it like in my mind like people said oh no you're handling this so well and and i didn't feel you know constantly depressed or sad it's just like i gotta get up i gotta do what i gotta do today and get right. through um, one day at a time yeah and and i thought you know when i when we wrapped it up it's like okay 
all good things at the end of the tunnel. I can look back at this and it'll be a good memory. And it's it's weird because at this point, and I'm sure this will change going forward, I, it's weird. I don't like looking back at those memories because it's, it's one of those things that you – I look at my daughter now who's just like – she's crawling. She's just starting to stand. She's doing all these great things. And then you look back and you, you see that very, very fragile baby there. And it's like, oh, it just reminds you a very, you know – you know tactile fresh reminder of just how fragile life is and your kids are and there's enough things that remind you of that in in life in general so uh but but it is good because it does really help kind of solidify those memories which which i think is important absolutely i am speaking of looking back in a less depressing note i when i was preparing for this episode i texted my dad to ask him like what he remembers about me being born and he said something really hilarious so i'm gonna wait until the end of the podcast and say that but it was sort of shocking and hilarious so we'll save that but um really quick i want to talk about um i talked about this last week on the podcast i'm so continuing to be super obsessed with it but the box of style from the zoe report i'm so glad to work with him for this episode um you guys all know Rachel Zoe. You guys know that she's the editorial director of the ZoeReport.com and they have these amazing what they call a box of style which is a subscription service where you can get a quarterly box that's filled with amazing luxurious products that are all full size. It's not like some of those boxes where you're getting basically like a hotel sample. You get really great stuff. So they sent me their spring box. I was absolutely obsessed with it. It came with this little leather purse that I'm like literally carrying today even though I know you guys can't see it. Um, this really cool, like cool brand dry shampoo, um, a bracelet, which I'm actually also wearing. I'm realizing it's starting to get weird. I like got dressed from this box from the the Zoe Report box of style this morning. True story. But um, really great products. Um, I think this would be an amazing gift for like if you're getting married for all of your bridesmaids, if your sister's birthday was in April and you never sent her a gift, which might be a true story. Like maybe send her one of these. Um, they also sent me, the fabulous people at the Zoe Report sent me sort of a preview of what the hero item is in their upcoming summer box. And it's this like really cute sort of choker style gold necklace um, from this company, Love AJ, that is worn by celebrities like Shay Mitchell, Kendall and Kylie Jenner, Bella Hadid, Lucy Hale, who was actually just in the Cosmo office the other day. But basically all the cool girls in LA are wearing this Love AJ jewelry line. And so if you sign up now to get the summer box, you will get this super cool necklace, which I'm not wearing today, but thank God, because it really would start to be weird. So you guys should check it out, thezoreport.com slash Cosmo, um, and use promo code Cosmo to get $10 off your subscription. Um, I really, I promise you guys, I would not talk about this in such like insane detail and literally wear the products all the time if I didn't really think it was cool and chic and stylish and valuable. So check it out. Um, that had nothing to do with being a dad. <laughs> but um, to sort of switch gears a little bit, um, you know, what has surprised you? I think this is a good question for everybody, but Carl, let's start with you. What has surprised you the most about being a father? Wow. You um, said you wanted, you said in some extent you sort of always knew that you wanted I, to be a dad. I always wanted to be a dad. I loved kids. I always wanted to have children of my own, but I never figured out how the hell that was gonna actually work. Um, and then when I met Sean, it all kind of fell into place. Um, and then to just kind of been, hey, you're dad. It's like, whoa. But um, um, what was it again? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're like, I'm so distracted it's talking like about. It's like dad brain. Right? Dad brain. Well, yeah. You know, it's. Uh, um, but what has been the most surprising thing about being a father? 
one that I'm a dad. I mean, I mean, you know how many times I still wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, great. And I'm like, oh, crap. There's like, I got to go get the kids up. Like, we got to get to school. Like, I'm like, wow, I'm a dad. Right. It's still like, wow, I have that responsibility. Um, you know, when you were single and you were kind of just doing your own thing and going through life. But, um, yeah, it's just amazing being a dad. I, lo- I love it. I don't, I, don't ever, I don't even remember what my life was like before having a child. Um, it just gives your life so much more purpose and meaning and drive um, stuff that I, I lacked heavily, by the way, <laughs> um, in my youth. So, yeah, just being a dad is fantastic. I absolutely love it. I also think, like, one thing that all parents always talk about is how their kids are just, like, everyone's kids are just, like, secretly hilarious. Like, they just, like, <laughs> have, like, little personalities and are, like, funny. And, like, I don't know. Is there anything that, like, stands out to you, to any of you guys, about, like, a time when you're just like, oh, my God, my kid is, like, cool or funny or like has a little brain it depends on the day right I yeah mean, they're all cute and funny in their own ways and you realize wow i really gotta watch what i say i gotta watch my facial expressions i gotta watch what i do how i do it because they just suck it all up they and notice repeat. everything oh yeah they'll it call also, you on it too yeah it also seems like kids always know when you're doing something that they're not supposed to really like see you know what I mean? Or it's like the way, like, I feel like kids always, it's like they don't want to play with their toys. They want to play with your cell phone because they know that's, like, the yeah. valuable property. I don't understand the cell phone thing. Like, yeah. Because me and my wife very much tried to keep, like, we don't want our child using a cell phone right now at, at one she year old. She doesn't have her own phone yet? She doesn't. I know. <laughs> we're, we're horrible parents. You must be. We really are. <laughs> but just, like, the idea of, like, you know, we use it. I, I, my niece and nephew... Um, who are six and three use it all the time so it's like all right we'll just try and introduce this gradually or something and then i i don't know if you've seen this with your daughter too michael but like six months want the phone oh it's yeah like, you've never seen this before how do you know this is a thing <laughs> you can't the even one walk. thing right that we're trying to like keep out of your reach just with the germs and the everything and it's like no that's what they want and i i assume it's because it's you know this is what we use all the time. So it's like, we, this is obviously something important. Mm-hmm. That and the remote control. Yes. Oh, the remote control. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They know. It's like they know what the grown-up things are. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. kids, they're smart. Um, Michael, but what about you? What has surprised you most about becoming a dad? Besides having to worry about your dad bod. <laughs> I feel like this is going to sound potentially bad, but one thing that surprised me is how I haven't fundamentally changed as a person. Like, I had this feeling that I was going to, like, become a father and everything was going to change. It was going to be this, like, profound change. Right. And while obviously everything is different and there's, like, new emotions that I'm exposed to that are new, I'm also the same guy who um, still has the same worries and, like, the same fears and still occasionally drinks too much and wakes up and is like, oh, shit, now I got to deal with this hangover and take care of this kid. Right. You know? <laughs> and, like, still going through all of the things that I used to, but now, like, as you said, like, oh, my God, I'm a dad, though. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what has surprised me the most is how little I've changed in many ways. Right. That's really interesting. And what about your daughter? She's still really young, but are you getting a sense of, like, her personality and just, like, what kind of little human she is? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think 
and and maybe you could agree with this, guys, is that like she's at ten months, which is really when we're starting to see her personality emerge. And I totally, I was actually thinking that exact same thing about how my wife and I will sit around and be like, she's hilarious, <laughs> which is what you hear every parent say. Right. right. And I think it's just because when you spend so much time with this person, all of a sudden you see them go from this blob who would sit in the chair and just kind of coo and make noises and you would feed to somebody who's actually like reacting to stuff. Right. And responding to your commands and like giving you a kiss and a hug and stuff like that. I mean, that I, every morning you know, Stella sleeps in a crib in her own room, but when she wakes up, we'll kind of bring her into our bed as we sort of wake up. And in just like the last two weeks, she's been doing this thing where she lays in between my wife Sally and I, and she'll lean over to Sally and give her a kiss and put her little arms around Sally's neck and then roll over and do the same thing to me. And that'll go on for like five minutes. And then uh, we, our hearts melt and we're like, this is wonderful. And then as soon as she's like over that, then she just bursts into tears because <laughs> she's starving. Yeah. And there's no consoling her until you put a bottle in her mouth. But those like five minutes where she's doing that is just like, ugh. Oh my like, gosh. Melts your heart. I'm gonna play this back for you in like um like fifteen years <laughs> when she's like going on dates, <laughs> right. smoking pot, whatever. <laughs> We'll remind you of this sweet, this sweet, sweet moment. <laughs> um, okay. Um, do you guys feel like you and your partners share equally in, like, duties around the house? I feel like that's a lot, you know, like, you guys are all working people. I don't know if your partners work as well, but how do you sort of figure that out? Good question. Um, <laughs> You're like, we're still, we're still working on that. It's true. That's it a is? tough thing. Yeah. It's it evolves. A- it's a lot of responsibilities just taking care of a kid and making sure you've got food in the house. And then when you start doing it as a family, well, the, the kids are still younger, so they're not, you know, my kid is like we're trying to make him eat what we're eating and making sure that we're not buying all the separate food and doing the chores and the laundry. And yeah, we have we have some uh, family discussions between me and my husband about who's doing what right <laughs> i can tell it's a sensitive subject a would bit. you say that, that that is maybe one of the greatest stresses on your relationship well well it's tough i mean you have family you got your your kids now where it was used to be just the two of you and that was difficult and or just the relationships are a little difficult to begin with and now that you add a kid and we have now that we have a, a foster daughter who just came to us she's been with us for about two months now so that just oh, added I didn't a realize whole she was other, brand so new. Yeah, so that was tough too. Um, schedules, keeping on a schedule, and I was never a scheduled person. Never. Now I'm like, yeah, whatever. Well, six thirty, <laughs> let's go. You know, I'm like, oh, eight o'clock. Cocktails are made. Kids are to bed. I'm like, yes, daddy time, daddy papa time. Yeah. That cocktail yeah. hour is so important. Yes. Isn't it? When the you kid know? goes to bed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. You're nope. You know what? You look really tired, but it's only 5.30. No, <laughs> no, you really need some more sleep. Your nose is running. You need to go to bed. Do you guys feel like you divide your traveling life into sort of like before kids and after kids? And I'm thinking specifically about like airplanes, which like everybody knows that is like the most like fraught travel situation. Have you guys done that with your kids yet? Have you flown? We've uh, we've flown several times. Um, and thankfully, Stella is... Um, 
a great flyer, right? So we don't have that to worry about. But I also That's so lucky. So lucky. And I also feel like because she's a good flyer and because we have until she's two for her to fly for free, I'm yeah. like, we should be doing tons of <laughs> Right, because right it's now. about to get a lot more Because expensive. guess what, kid? When yeah. you turn two, it's road trips <laughs> until you get a job, right? right? Road trips until you're 30. <laughs> yeah. um, and do you guys feel like you're more attuned, you know, on airplanes or really in any situation to other dads? Like, do you have, like, a sharpened dad dar and you can, like, sense in the grocery store, like, the meltdown happening in a way that you didn't back before you were yourselves fathers? I don't know about radar or dad dar. Dar. I just uh, made dad dar up. That, we'll go. We'll run Hashtag. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know about sensing it out, but you definitely have that like sympathy level of just like, you know, wh- whatever you got to do to get through this shopping trip. Uh, you know, I'll I'll support you emotionally from my cart over here. <laughs> um, but it, it's yeah, you, you definitely you're more attuned to it, and it's it's definitely goes from something of like, oh no, like how does how does how do they deal with that? Why don't they, you know, take care of that or make it, you know. A, you clearly just do this and this would fix the problem and as a dad it's like no there's there's no rhyme or reason half the time to how you fix something and you know at, at certain points it's like no there's really nothing more you can do to correct certain behaviors as they come out you know within certain degrees especially like to immediately stop something oh, it's yeah. like you know you're trying to look like all right i want to hopefully long term you know bend my child's you know behavior in a certain direction but you know immediately when something's happening it's you know you have a very limited toolbox to work with more broadly i also feel like you know before you have kids a common pastime after you've just hung out with friends or family who have kids is to get in the car or get home and be like can you believe that they do that little hellion yeah right exactly like (laughs) essentially judge other people's parenting totally as soon as you have i do it all the time right exactly (laughs) and as soon as you have a kid you're like fuck i was an asshole like we're all just doing whatever we can to get through the day you know so true yeah (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) Yeah. um i want to talk sort of more about the judgmental parenting thing because i feel like especially in this social media age that's such a big thing but really quickly i do want to talk about organifi which i've talked about before in the podcast um it's great for lazy people maybe great for dads i don't know you guys can tell me but um if you're really interested in sort of eating health like eating more healthfully you don't have a lot of time you maybe don't even have like a blender because you are like me and live in like a 400 square foot rat hole in Manhattan. (laughs) Um, Organifi is a product where you can make really healthy, organic, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, all the free green juices, basically, um, as a way of eating healthy without, like, needing the whole setup or not spending, like, $9 a pop on your, like, fancy green juice. So um, the product promises to make you more energetic, to ease your stress, to erase belly fat, which is good if you are concerned about having a dad bod. Um, So you guys can get 20% off of Organifi by going to Organifi.com. I'm just going to spell that real fast because who knows? O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and use coupon code key or sorry use coupon code cosmo to get 20 percent off um so check it out um great product maybe for you busy fathers out there i'm just gonna assume there are like legions of fathers suddenly listening to this episode of the podcast but also for you ladies out there organify check it out organify.com use coupon code cosmo and get 20 percent off so I said I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about um, social media and parenting and sort of the idea of everyone being like a backseat parent. I think that's always been true. Like all my friends who are parents have said like everyone um, 
you know, everyone has advice on how you should best parent your kids. I do sort of wonder, I'm sure you guys feel that a little bit, but like, I'm wondering, is that a little bit of a mom thing? Or do you feel like as dads, you guys still have, you know, everyone has a suggestion of like what you should do or like the best X, Y, Z thing to do with your kids. And how do you guys sort of deal with that? I think, I think that's more of a mom thing, to be honest with you, because um, I, think I so will too. take somebody's advice but if they're kind of being invasive about it, I don't like, you know, I don't give a shit what you think. You know, right. like we're we're raising this kid just fine. Right. Whereas for my wife, you know, she does struggle with questioning herself sometimes. And I think that's a big thing for moms and maybe less so for dads, which mm-hmm. is like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, this kind of thing. And while I agree, I kind of look at it like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, you know, it's just making it up as we go along day by day, which is terrifying, but also kind of a freedom comes with that too, maybe? Hmm. I don't know. Does No, it's, it's interesting. I've definitely thought about that too, because I definitely notice my wife seems to care a lot more about just general stuff and, oh, you know, we're on the newer side of um, our friends that are having kids. We were the first ones, and we have about, I think, two others with kids now, and, like, our core group of friends that we deal with. And you That's know, hard to, it, like, be the ones starting it. it. Well, it is and it isn't, because yeah. the nice thing about starting is you don't have this whole legion of people coming to you with advice. They're just like, oh, my God, I don't understand how you deal with this. And, you know, you can kind of take that. Um, you know, and also all your friends mm-hmm. care. Like at this point when one of my oh, friends yeah. has a baby, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you too. Oh, yeah, the last person that has a baby in our group, that <laughs> yeah. baby is going to be completely ignored. Our, ours, <laughs> is li- ours is like, you know, oh, let me come over. We'll just watch her, you know, sit there in a car seat for an hour. I'm like, you go right ahead and have fun. I'm going to go grab a beer and I'll be back right. in 15 minutes. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely notice, I mean, certainly more than me. And I don't know if it's just my personality. My, my wife definitely cares more I think what other people think and kind of gauge all right our our daughter's doing this you know other family members other people's kids are doing this and and sometimes I wonder if it's just this idea and I don't know if it's generally social but I I think our wives kind of whether it's real or just perceived feel like they they get judged on how their kids doing yeah much more so than than dads and whether that's true or not and I'm sure that's probably shifting more to you know co-parenting in general but you know i think for for a lot of women that have kids they they feel like they're going to be judged on you know aspects of their kid and unfortunately it's going to be quick superficial so they want to head that off where mm-hmm. as for for dads it's like we want to make sure there's nothing wrong they don't you know fall down we can take care of them and i think much more like i have objective measures mm-hmm. for my parenting of like She's healthy. She's doing this. Okay. Where I think my wife's are definitely more relative. Like, all right, well, how are we doing compared to Mm. other people? And I don't Mm. know if you guys have that sort of thing or have have noticed that with your friends that have kids, too. Well, Mm -hmm. wives are generally known as the main caregivers of your kids. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're always constantly having to be judged or asked questions or, you know, all sorts of different things when it comes to that. But. I think there's also such a culture around that for women, like the whole mommy blog culture and like, you know, even like men aren't spending as much time on Pinterest, but women are like, oh my God, look at all these nurseries on Pinterest that look like a dream world. You love Pinterest. (laughs) Well, Carl, actually like random segue, but I did want to ask you about this since you're a very talented photographer. Do you just have like one million bajillion photos of your kids? (laughs) Like, how do you stop? Well, we got a lot, but you know, I mean, you can't 
it's all my cell phone. Everything's on our cell phones. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that you grab quick, and those moments happen so quick. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all on my cell phone. And thank God they're making better cameras. That way I don't have to feel like i got to pull out my other one. Pull out your, like, real <laughs> equipment. But, yeah, yeah, that's, like, the new parenting thing. It's just, like, you know, like, my phone is just 10,000. Still, like, I'm at the stage where it's 10,000, like, selfies. But for <laughs> parents, it's just, like, that scroll of, like. Video. Now it's, like, look at me. No. No. I don't want to. No. Why? There's a comedian whose name now escapes me who has a line that, that is he has more pictures of his kids on his phone than times his dad looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Mm-hmm. So real. Mm-hmm. So real. Um, but I think there's like, do you guys already feel, you know, every parent says like it goes by so fast. Do you guys feel that? Like, do you feel this almost like I have to capture every moment because like, oh my gosh. In the beginning, it was definitely like that just because, you know, uh, we're older parents. I'm 45. My husband's going to be 50 this year. By but, the way, um, he does not look 45. I know. I was actually I like shocked. I wish that people could see how well this guy ages. What? Yeah. You should do a separate podcast <laughs> yes. on what I'm he Carl's eats in creation. <laughs> yes. I think he's clearly drinking the green juice. Yeah, that organifies. Oh, <laughs> Look what we just did there. That felt very organic. Yes. It did. <laughs> Segway into. You just organified the shit out of that. <laughs> I think we just found what organify means. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Drinking the Kool Aid, drinking the organify. No, but Carl. So you're old AF. We've established. No, but yes. um, you were saying like how does that make you feel more? Well, I don't know. Like as you the don't kids really get older, have anything to compare like, it to, I guess. When you're, when you had no kids. Like, time just kind of went on. Now, That's how I feel about my life. Well, yeah, it just kind of goes on. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just go day by day, you know, yes, go to work, you know, be friends, blah, 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 blah. But when you have a kid, watching them grow, you're like, oh, wow, it's three. has it really been three years? Holy crap, it's been three years. Holy shit, his fourth birthday's coming up. We got to plan that stuff out. And you're like, wow, four years have gone by? Like, Time goes on, and then you, but you're, you're see, you have a, almost like a visual res- re- representation yeah. of time, like right there every mm-hmm. day. They wake up the next morning, you're like, wow, you grew. How did the hell that happen? Yeah. Wow, that doesn't fit you anymore? Damn. Mm-hmm. You have to get you another haircut? <laughs> your nails, didn't we just cut your nails? Like, what's going on with you? <laughs> Stop eating so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, one thing I do want to go back to being a gay dad. Yeah. Everybody's like, the question: Where's his mom? What's going on? Like, yeah. who, who, who's the mom and who's the dad? You get the strangest freaking questions. Do you guys get questions, strange questions from total complete strangers in like the supermarket or like anywhere? Like bizarre. But I'm sure uh, I have actually have had friends say that about being pregnant. That like when you have a bump, everyone just wants to talk to you. Like when you do, like what you eating, like. And I do think there's something about like having a you know having a whether it's a bump or actually having a kid that makes people feel like it's like an you know it's like having a dog everyone talks to you when you have a dog oh, yeah. right. I don't know. it's definitely true yeah uh, my wife has said that new york became a much more generous place once she started showing that she was pregnant yeah like people were friendlier and obviously offering her seats on the subway and that right. sort of thing I, I mean people are more social when you have a kid though although i, I think but that do you get the weirdos to Carl's point. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely get weird. I mean, probably not to the extent that you do, but, I mean, 
just the other day, uh, I was pushing Stella in the stroller, and she'd fallen asleep, and I hadn't noticed that her neck had, she had, like, kind of, you know, like, bent over in a strange way. And some old-timer goes, that kid's going to get a crick in its neck if you're not careful. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> and then, like, as soon as he walked away, I adjusted her neck. Yeah, like, you're like, oh, crap, I gotta God fix that. Damn it. <laughs> I have to say, I do always notice that when parents are walking their kids in the stroller, and you can tell the parent has no idea, like, what weird thing the kid is right, doing. Totally. Well, times, like, yeah. turned around. Well, very angry at that guy, but yeah. also oh, God, super yeah. grateful. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, th- there's something weird when you, when you have a kid. People just seem to think that's a key of oh, I can come up to talk and talk to you and like you know just jump right in to conversations that would never be socially acceptable without a kid in place, and and they can just start asking you all these questions. And you know, most people are polite. And it's like oh, how old is she? Or oh, you know, you guys doing? Oh, you're you know, it's really cute. But some people just like take that and run with it and it's like oh i can ask you questions about your personal life and what you're doing and parenting and it's like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. we've been in an acme for two minutes there's <laughs> yeah. you have no extra privileges based yeah. on that yeah, right. uh, uh, yeah sorry oh <laughs> do you want to jump in there you have something to say well I, i'm curious um what about like people touching your kid? Do they? Do you get a lot of that? And how do you feel about that? Oh, like if a strange, like a kid's in a stroller, stranger walks up and is like, "Oh, look at that little baby!" And like, it's it's weird. I I do notice it. I, I'm in general, and and it's more my personality just to go with things. And especially, it depends where I am. Like if I'm in town or close by, it's not as weird. But I'm definitely noticing it more. And I don't even think I would. Like, before I had kids, it'd be like, oh, someone's going to come. Like, oh, okay, whatever. But now yeah, that happens, and there's something inside you of, like, wait, I got to I gotta make sure everything's okay mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I got to protect and, you know, just, like, assess situation. And it's, it's weird because it's this, like, spark or something that just flips, and you don't even realize that switch is there. And it does just everything kind of perks up, and you're a little bit more attentive. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, maybe that's on. Dad Dar. Maybe that is dead. I'm still still trying to make it happen. (laughs) Um, Really quickly, I want to talk about Bedface. Um, This is a super cool internet company that promises to have the best damn sheets on the internet. Um, I love the website. Even if you don't need a pair of sheets right now, go look at the website. It's this like beautiful shopping experience where there's this like rainbow, like ombre rainbow of bedding in every single color. Um, 24 different colors you can mix and match if you want like a navy blue bottom sheet and an aqua top sheet, which is actually what I ordered. You can make that come true. I also think this is an interesting thing to con- talk about in the context of men because I think it's weird how a lot of men don't use top sheets. We can come back to that in a second. <laughs> Carl's like raising his hand. So yeah, if you don't want a top sheet and you just want a bottom sheet, you can do that at Bedface. Um, but all of their products are 100% long steeple cotton, as they call it. So the, a really high sort of premium fabric designed for comfort and breathability. Um, they have a 100 night guarantee. So if you decide on night 99 that these sheets are not for you, you can send them back. No questions asked. And the whole idea of this site is that they are working directly with makers to pass the savings along to you. So that's the cool thing about ordering these online instead of in a short in a store. So check out bedface.com and use promo code COSMO to get 20% off your order. You guys know I love to hook you up with a deal. So 20% off at bedface.com slash COSMO. Um, speaking of bedding, like I think one thing that all parents talk about is how instantly you have to do laundry like 24-7. But I don't know if, like, is true, false, true, false? Uh, 
Michael's like, my wife does it. Yeah. So in terms of the division of labor, <laughs> that is actually Let's my wife's job. That. Yeah. Um, You're like, I haven't done my laundry since yeah, 2010. Right. 2010. That's generous. I don't know. How long have you been married? Since 2010, actually. Oh. So there you go. Um, so we don't have laundry in our building. It's mm-hmm. a block away. But um, Oh, my God. Have, how do you do that? So Even without a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's um it's challenging, I suppose. There's a lot of washing stuff out in the sink and then like letting it hang dry yeah. until we actually go to the laundromat. Yeah. Um I didn't actually want to talk about laundry, but Bedface just like put me in that moment. But what I did actually want to talk about is like finances. And do you guys feel like the moment you had a kid, all of a sudden it's like, "Oh my god, I'm saving for college." Like did your um, attitude toward money change when you became a parent? Is anybody here thinking about saving for college for their kid right now? Thinking's one thing, actually doing something <laughs> okay, about it. Okay, 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 that's, that's oh, okay. A, sorry, that's I didn't mean to scare you. Well, it, it's also not fair. Like I, I, I do uh, like financial advising, so oh. I, so it's oh. in my Definitely head. Oh, no, it's fair. in my head, and then I'm can like, can we talk I'm, after the show? We <laughs> absolutely can, but yeah, like, do and of want, course, can as we a have professional, a Cosmo discount code. Oh, here. we can totally do that. <laughs> okay, twenty. But it's just off. like, oh yeah, this is what you should be doing, and I'm totally not doing this, and I just constantly. I like <laughs> this. I like that. I won't feel judgment then yeah. if we can. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> all right, my husband handles all that. Thank God, he's the the sane one. I'm the artsy one. He's the more corporate organized. Everything needs to be planned for and. Um, thank God I've got him on my side because, man, I don't know if we'd ever, we'll, you know, have dinner money or shopping money planned out or whatever. But, yeah, no, he's he handles all that stuff, which is kind of great. I'm totally with you there. I'm, like, the artsy whatever, like, can't yeah. get anywhere on time, don't remember to pay bills, like, mm. have literally forgotten to pay my rent before. Um, so I need to find one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God I have him for that stuff, too. I mean, he's a... Uh, he, he takes well I mean as far as the, the dividing of, up of things I mean mm-hmm. your finances in a, in a marriage are huge and I was never like money whatever you know but now that I'm like wow I've got a kid now we just bought our new house a year ago and I'm like wow I'm an adult I'm an adult holy crap how did that happen yeah right. how did that happen yeah but yeah he, he handles all those finances and stuff and thank god for him I know my wife handles the finances in our house and she like the pers- laundry the finances <laughs> right. what are yeah. you doing I cook you cook okay cook. that's a good one um there's other things I do I think uh she kind of like restored my credit which was terrible and oh. like got everything in order and you know now that we have a kid where we are trying to like save and be more financially responsible um for example, I my I have seventy five dollars left in my budget um, until <laughs> tomorrow. I still have to buy lunch, probably a coffee somewhere in there, and a bottle of wine. So hopefully, I can get. I mean, I can definitely do that in seventy five. Yeah, that's actually right? that yeah. seems good. What am I gonna do with my extra like, yeah, like fifty bucks? Do you need like a candy bar or like a? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Now, Michael, I have a question. Um, have you guys started daycare yet? Is that something yes. you're gonna be doing? Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, we do have a daycare that, that uh, we send sell to. Yeah, because that, that caught me off, not completely off guard, but just like start looking at prices of daycares. The cost. Yeah. Oh, my Our gosh. son's been in daycare. It, it's it's this bizarre thing of like, you don't think of it when you have a kid. It's like, all right, I just got to, we got to get a kid and there's going to be diapers and bottles and, and that. And it's like, no, for I think most people probably listening to this, most spouses work now, I think. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, now someone has to watch our kid. Yeah. And that was definitely not a cost. I was like calculating the back of my head, getting into this, 
Um, and then all of a sudden it's this huge payment and it's, and it's weird cause it's this huge payment that you're not looking for. And then you, you like break it down an hour and it's like, I couldn't find somebody to watch my kid oh, on totally. a per hour yeah. basis. It's yeah. like you have to, there's no better it's like a option. Bulk rate, a bulk rate <laughs> babysitting. Yes. Absolutely. Bulk rate. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes down to it, you're like, what? The two biggest expenses that I wasn't prepared for. I mean, to be honest with you, like the diapers and the formula and that kind of thing like that, that doesn't seem to be too heavy of a lift for us. It's daycare. And we have, I mean, you know, we have, we're really happy with our daycare and we're happy to like pay that. And then maybe it was just our insurance or something like that, but I feel like we had to pay a lot out of pocket for when the kid, I mean, you must have had to pay a fortune out of pocket. Oh yeah. For, for us, it was mainly the, this, oh, after all this, like what you have in your head versus what you actually have to pay. It's like, okay, it's only that much. Thank, my wife has fantastic insurance which was a, a help. And then, you know, once you blow past, you know, your yearly maximum in the mm-hmm. first two days, you're not too worried <laughs> no, about that's true. everything else that follows. <laughs> and luckily, January was a great time yeah. for something yeah, horrible to happen true. to get that whole thing in. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Leave it mm-hmm. to a financial planner. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you just got to make that stuff happen. <laughs> oh, my God. So one last thing I want to talk about um, is Third Love. I've talked about them before on the podcast. Um, Carl, actually, who listens to the podcast, asked me if I'm wearing my Third Love bra today, <laughs> which I am. Um, true story. This really is getting embarrassing, though. Um, but Third Love is a company that promises to give you the best fitting bra you will ever find Um thirdlove.com is the website and they one thing I really like about the bra I'm wearing and a lot of the bras on the site is first of all it doesn't have one of those dorky bows in the center which ladies you know what I'm talking about why are those on 99% of all bras I don't understand it but it's a nude bra it has gold hardware pleated straps it feels like the perfect sort of t-shirt bra but just like a little more special which I really like about it Um, and they I want you guys to be able to try this for free. So go to thirdlove.com slash Cosmo. Um, all you need to pay for is shipping, and they're going to let you wear the bra for 30 days. You can take the tags off, wear it, wash it, really try it out. And if you love it, you can keep it, and they'll charge your card. And if not, send it back for free, and your card will not be charged. But I think you guys will really like it. They have online fit specialists that guarantee that they will help you find a perfect fit for you. Um, not to be weird, but like I kind of have big boobs, so it's like hard for me to find bras in regular places. So I really like Third Love for that reason. Um, I feel weird saying that in a room full of men, but whatever, <laughs> it's true. So thirdlove.com slash Cosmo. Check it out. Um, I don't know where even to go after that. <laughs> but um, we are all actually about almost out of time. But what I did want to say was that I had, I said at the top of the episode that I had texted my dad to uh, tell him I was like putting together this podcast. And I said, you know, did you always know you wanted to be a dad? And my dad was basically like all through my 20s. I didn't give a thought to like children or marriage. And then, of course, he met my mom and everything changed. Um, And I said, what do you remember about me being born? And he said, I wasn't there. And I was like, you weren't there? Like, first of all, where were you? Second of all, how did I go through my entire life not knowing this? And then he clarified that he I was like a C-section baby. So he meant he was in the hospital, but not in the delivery room. I was like, oh, okay. And then he goes, actually, I conferred with your mom, and it turns out I was there. And I was like, you literally don't even remember <laughs> if you watched me being born or not. I don't even know how to feel about this. Um, and so then he kind of tried to make up for it by saying, 
you know, I remember the casual conversations between the doctors during delivery. They had a drape up so I couldn't actually see the birth. As I was stationed by mom to comfort her, I think we both saw you for the first time at the same time. And then he goes, otherwise those moments kind of fade away. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's why it's good we're doing this podcast now, because in 30 years, you guys will remember nothing about the oh, moment gosh. your kid was born. <laughs> you will literally not even remember if you were there. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But um, on kind of a final note, I would love for you guys to each say if there has been a moment that stands out to you where you really felt so proud to be a father? Silence. Mm, you <laughs> <No>. know, <laughs> to go back to this moment when Stella was born, um, the the kind of the overwhelming emotion that I had was obviously joy. I mean, after I was done with my whole, like, two minutes of right. not being a dad, love was this idea of like joy. I mean, I can distinctly remember when they like pull her out and, and they, they put her on, on Sally's stomach and she, she actually, I might be making this up, but I swear she like lifted her head up and looked at us. Oh. And then, you know, in our minds she was like, oh, so you're the two people I've been hearing for the last <laughs> nine months. And then laid her head down and started crying. And the thing though that I remember was how proud I was of Sally because of what she had just gone through. And um, what surprised me was how I was how I was blubbering so much. I mean, I was like sobbing. I was so overcome with emotion at that at that time. And it was mainly just to kind of like see this woman whom I love and I've spent so much time with, like just do something incredibly extraordinary. And that is something that I'm sure that there'll be many many moments where I'll be like proud to be a dad and proud of Stella and everything like that. But within the first year of her life, really the pride that I felt was for my wife doing that that is so cute i could die okay carl what about you (laughs) a moment you felt particularly proud to be a dad Um, i'm so proud to be a dad i'm so very proud to be a gay dad there's not i mean there's now there's a website out go gay dads with gays with kids gays with kids yes what is that like a blog it's like a blog thing actually we're going to be featured on it Oh. Um, in the next coming coming months and stuff about what our story is and how we got our son and stuff like that. But I'd say the proudest moment, I mean, get having a son and being able to pick him up at the hospital, we didn't really have nine months to, like, say. Prepare. Prepare. It was kind of like, I was scared shitless. So was, I know Sean was too. We were really just like, oh my God, we were watching YouTube videos on how to change diapers. <laughs> I mean, that's how we learned pretty much how to get going. And then mm-hmm. all the advice from friends and family, which was great. But um, I'd say the the when I was most proudest is his adoption day. Mm. That was just because we were like a family. Like he was ours. We we he we all became, you know, our, our family. We were all together. That was like the significant moment. And that was, uh, you know, and in 2013, he was burden 12, 2012. But um, yeah, that was I just I blubbered. I was just like, wow, this is all this is my life now. This is it's real. It's everything that I ever wanted, you know, yeah. and it's all. It's all come true. The dream come true. <laughs> I got the glass slipper. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, no, that was my most proudest moment. And then at, at our wedding, that our son, we actually um, got married about two years ago, I think it was. But we had entered a, when gay marriage became legal in Jersey, we entered a contest and we won our wedding. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so that was just becoming a family. That was just like the, the bow on the thing yeah. of my life. So but he got it. He, your son was there. For yeah, it. he got to be yeah, at our oh. wedding, which was awesome too. That's so, so special yeah, was, in so many ways. Yeah, lots of proud moments. But yeah, every day is pretty good. Every day is pretty yeah. good. 
Okay, Jimmy, what about you? Um, so again, and I think kind of to what Michael said, like uh, especially early on, so many of the things that you feel proud of or proud that you know your spouse does and proud that your kid does. And I, I mean, for our unique situation, I just remember, um, I mean, it, you know, through kind of the middle part of when we were in the hospital, which, you know, had some scary stuff and there were some surgeries and stuff. And I just remember like at one point coming in and I was in the hospital room kind of like by myself with my baby there and just like sitting down and looking at her. And I was just like, I am so immensely proud of you. It's like you've gone through more surgeries than I have and are like taking this incredible experience that, you know, thank God she'll never remember and just like taking it like a champ. And I'm just like never in my life have I felt more pride like just like within me for my daughter, which was fantastic and, you know, something that's definitely life changing. And but and I mean, like along with that pride to kind of like mirror that scary, not fun situation. I remember just like the first time we were going to the grocery store and my wife said something to me offhand, like, oh, I, th I don't think they have that. And she just burst out laughing. And I'm sure all you guys remember that first time that your child just like belly laughed and just <laughs> you could repeat it and they do it again. You have no idea why. And it's like me and my wife and her were all just there like we're dying laughing because it's just <laughs> ridiculous and she's like belly laughing from the gut and I remember just being like this is great like this is for all the stuff that you know every parent goes through of no sleep and just slugging through everything and all the extra you know lugging stuff around changing dirty diapers just that th those moments like that are just like everything kind of just lifts off and is, is great and it's you know it's no better feeling in the world than that that is so cute. I, I'm like literally crying. I also want to just like go home and have a baby. So I'll work <laughs> on that. But thank you all so much for sharing your experiences and um, being honest and funny and candid about this amazing thing that you guys are doing and for representing the male point of view, which we do very rarely on the podcast because usually it's me talking about lady things all the time always. But I snuck a few in today, so I think we got it. But um, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening at home. Please subscribe to the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast. Please share it please tweet me at elisa benson if there are things you want me or things you maybe more preferably want men to talk about in the future i always want to know what you guys want to hear about and thank you so much for listening i'll see you guys next week this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.